0: This podcast is sponsored by our partner, QXMD. QXMD builds mobile solutions that drive evidence-based medicine in clinical practice. Check out READ for easy access to research personalized for you and CALCULATE for over 500 easy-to-use decision support tools. Try them today at qxmd.com apps. Again, that's qxmd.com apps. Welcome to the Critical Care Obstetrics Podcast. I'm Stephanie Martin, Medical Director at Clinical Concepts in Obstetrics. And today I'm going to be going over some talking points about COVID-19 in your pregnant patient. You know, it's really impossible to be taking care of pregnant women right now and not have COVID on your mind. But I find that the amount of information can really be overwhelming and sometimes conflicting and confusing. So I kind of reviewed what was available about COVID-19 in pregnancy right now and thought I would break down really some key facts. I like to call them talking points about COVID-19 in pregnancy. Now, my intent is to highlight what we know currently about COVID and pregnancy, and I'm going to keep it very high level in the podcast. I'm not going to be talking about specific treatments or controversies or dig deep into really how to manage that critically ill-pregnant woman. We've done some of that in other podcasts that you can listen to. My hope is that by the end of this episode, each of you listening will have some key takeaway information that you can share with patients colleagues, family members, really anyone who asks you, what does it mean to be pregnant and have COVID-19? You don't have to be a healthcare professional to really understand what I'm talking about. These are really high level facts that I think will be useful to anybody living through this pandemic. I'm going to try and break it up into good news and bad news. Now, We all know there really is no such thing as good news when it comes to COVID, but not everything that we know about this infection in your pregnant patient is all doom and gloom. There are some, you know, silver linings, I would say, with all the negative stuff that we hear that it's important to highlight as well. So let's go through some of those good news facts. So to start with, um, pregnant women are not any more likely to get infected with COVID than a non-pregnant person. I mean... Y- you just by living through this p- pandemic, you are at risk of getting infected, and being pregnant doesn't make you more likely to get COVID than anybody else. And like the non pregnant population, over 90% of pregnant women who get the infection will recover, not need to be delivered, not need to be hospitalized, and not have any significant complications that result from it. So that is good news. Just because you're pregnant doesn't mean you're more likely to get COVID um, than anyone who's non pregnant. Now, really, the only way to to be um, protected maximally from this virus infection is the vaccine. I mean, I like to say that you can't hide from or outrun a virus. I mean, they are tricky little boogers. And uh, really, the vaccine is your only protection other than just basic hygiene to uh, prevent an infection. And good news is that this vaccination does appear to be safe in, in pregnant patients, no matter when it's administered, and it, it particularly does not increase the rate of miscarriage. There was a lot of fear around this for a good reason um, about whether or not getting a COVID vaccine would increase the rate of miscarriage. And we've got data now on over more than 100,000 pregnancies in, in women vaccinated for COVID, and it does not appear to be associated. Now, it's important to remember that miscarriage is common. So there will always be women who miscarry who also received the vaccine. And that doesn't mean that the vaccine caused the miscarriage. It means that the patient miscarried and got the vaccine, true, true, not necessarily related. So um, the data that we have to date suggests that it does not increase the risk of miscarriage. And it appears that the vaccine works just as well at preventing severe disease in pregnant women as it does in non-pregnant women. The next key point to rem- remember is that if you get COVID while you're pregnant and you don't have any symptoms, then pregnancy outcomes are basically the same, except for one thing. COVID infection with or without symptoms increases the risk of preeclampsia. Hypertensive disorders of any kind, about 62% increase risk of developing this if you get COVID infection during pregnancy whether or not you're infected. We don't understand why this is, but preeclampsia, hypertensive disorders are much more common if you have COVID infection in pregnancy, symptomatic or not symptomatic. But other than that, pregnancy outcomes are basically the same if you're infected with COVID while pregnant. COVID, and to follow up on the vaccine conversation, risk of miscarriage does not appear to be increased by COVID infection. So miscarriages are common. Getting COVID during pregnancy or getting the COVID vaccine during pregnancy doesn't seem to make miscarriage risks higher or miscarriage more likely. Now, there's been a lot of conversation about the rate of preterm birth and cesarean delivery, and according to the CDC, if we look at the preterm birth rate for COVID-infected pregnant women, that's not significantly different from the the preterm birth rate in the United States in general. If you get covid uh, it's roughly 11 and percent rate of preterm birth in uh, the overall rate of preterm birth in the U S is 10%. That sounds like an increase. It's not statistically different uh, just because of the numbers game, um, C-section rates are unchanged as well. 33% if you get COVID 32% if you don't. So roughly a third of women are getting sectioned, whether they have COVID or not. But if you have severe COVID, then you are far more likely to be delivered preterm and delivered by cesarean section. Now, another good piece of news, babies that are born to COVID-infected moms do not appear to do any worse than uh, because the mom had COVID herself. So it's not the COVID infection that causes the risk to the neonate. It's the prematurity that's the risk or the fact that the mom was critically ill and the impact that that can have on the baby, particularly if she's acidotic or in shock, et cetera. So it's not the COVID virus directly causing issues with the baby. It's the fact that the mom becomes critically ill, has to be delivered prematurely prematurely, or has other issues. That's the concern. Uh, last little bit of good news it appears to be very uncommon that the baby actually gets infected by the virus and either in utero or during delivery, it's estimated to be about two to 3% chance of the baby testing positive for the virus. And this is typically occurring with babies that are born while mom is actively infected at the time she delivers. And we think that this infection happens because of exposure to blood or feces at the time of delivery. So, uh, and these babies appear to do fairly well. So the risk is not COVID direct, it's related to prematurity, and these babies are getting infected typically due to exposure to blood or feces at birth. Now, I don't know if you can really call all those things good news, but they are on the positive spectrum for those who uh, are infected with COVID while pregnancy. But let's focus on some of the bigger issues, the the bad news about a COVID infection in pregnancy. So the later a woman is infected in her pregnancy, the greater the risk of complications in the pregnancy. Now, if you're talking about mom and obstetric complications, the greatest risk happens if she's infected after 20 weeks of gestation. But if, you, if you're talking about the newborn, the risk is higher if the mom's infected after 26 weeks of gestation. And again, this is probably related to prematurity risks, um, mostly. Now, those of you who are taking care of these women um, actively know that these women can deteriorate quite rapidly. One minute they're fine, the next minute they are not. And if a woman is symptomatic for COVID during her pregnancy, she's at much higher risk for complications, higher risk for deteriorating rapidly, and all of these complications could lead to ICU stays and even to death. The women that are at greatest risk of dying from COVID complications while pregnant um, are those that are over 35, those that are obese or have other multiple medical issues like diabetes, hypertension, or a combination of all of these things above. And we know that these things are not rare, right? Our pregnant whelms are getting older. Um, everyone in the United States is getting heavier and complications like diabetes and hypertension are not rare in obstetrics and pregnant women. Now, what if she gets severely ill? What, what are those stats there and what does that mean for your pregnant woman? So if you're pregnant and get COVID, you're three times more likely to end up in an ICU. And that's not a place you want to be if you're pregnant. And I guarantee you in the ICU, they don't want you there either. But remember the absolute risk for admission to ICU is still low. That means that if you get COVID and you're pregnant, yes, you're three times more likely to end up in an ICU, but the chance of ending up in an ICU is about one in a hundred. So, 99% of of the time, our pregnant patients are not ending up in an ICU. But because we have so many pregnant women getting infected, this is just because we're in the middle of a pandemic, it translates to a lot of pregnant women in the ICU. Along those lines, your pregnant women are three times more likely to be intubated again, the absolute risk of needing to be intubated is low. So if you look at a pregnant woman with COVID, it's roughly about three out of a thousand chance that she's going to actually need to be intubated. So being in an ICU doesn't mean you're intubated and and getting mechanically ventilated. But of course, that's certainly an indication for going into an ICU. And, And this fits because you know, pregnant women with COVID are more, the most likely complications you're going to deal with are respiratory in nature. We're talking hypoxemia, pneumonia, ARDS. And so, as I said before, any pregnant woman with COVID-19 needs to be observed carefully for signs of respiratory compromise, but she might decompensate very quickly. Now, some of those who decompensate and need to be mechanically ventilated are ultimately going to uh, need to be uh, placed on ECMO. So pregnant women with COVID are almost two times more likely to require ECMO. And for those of you who are not familiar with ECMO, this stands for extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. This is essentially a heart-lung machine. So with ECMO, the blood is literally rerouted from the body away from the heart and lungs, heart or the lungs or both, through a machine which replaces the function of the heart And the lungs, or just the lungs itself. So, this allows circulation to occur let lets the blood be oxygenated even if the body can't do it for itself. So let's say the lungs are so damaged that you're putting 100% oxygen in. You can't get oxygen across from the airways into the bloodstream. This machine allows that to happen even if the lungs can't do it for itself. This is a last resort really for patients who have severe lung de- damage and can't be oxygenated or uh, maybe those with refractory shock. It's not a situation you want to be in. And typically women who are pregnant and require ECMO are often also delivered. Now, I want to talk about the death rates. And when you really look at the data, it's clear that women who get COVID while pregnant are three times more likely to die compared to uninfected pregnant women. So if you say, okay, you're pregnant and you get COVID versus those who are pregnant and don't get COVID, the ones with COVID are three times more likely to die this translates to about a 1 or 8 uh, somewhere between 1 to 8 per 1000 chance of dying if you get covid while pregnant interestingly this is not that different from pregnant w- from non-pregnant women of reproductive age that have covid okay so yes death rates are increased compared to pregnant women who are not infected but if you look at women who are not pregnant reproductive age women the risk of dying is similar to those who are dying from COVID while pregnancy, but because pregnant women are considered a high risk group, they're also candidates to get the monoclonal antibodies to treat or prevent a COVID nineteen infection. So this high rate, or, this higher rate for death, does make them candidates for the the um, monoclonal antibodies. Now the last of the bad news. Um, I'm sure there's more, but the key points that we're focusing on today is that stillbirth risk appears to be increased and we don't really understand why this is so. And those of you who are in the trenches right now taking care of these patients, you're thinking of the patients that you've had in the ICU and you've probably all you know, experienced or know about patients who have suffered a stillbirth um, uh, and been diagnosed with covid Now, we know that critically ill women are at increased risk of stillbirth. That's not a surprise. But what we don't fully understand is what's the role of changing access to care. So during the height of the pandemic, you know, pregnant women either didn't have access to care or their access was changed like telemedicine and not in person, and there was a lot of fear of seeking care because they didn't want to be exposed. So, you know, delays in seeking care if there were issues or problems, they may not want to uh, go to a hospital or go to their doctor's office, um, you know, especially remember back at the height of the pandemic when we didn't really know what the risks were and there were no vaccinations to try and prevent to prevent it. So we don't know how much of this is covid itself, the complications of having critical illness and how much of this was just differing access to care. Now, for the most part, the management of women with suspected or confirmed covid is really the same as if they're not pregnant. The differences are going to be primarily related to managing the critically ill patient who requires mechanical ventilation and then delivery considerations for that critically ill patient. That's primarily where the focus is going to be differing uh, when it comes to pregnancy and COVID. Now, we have other podcasts that review, you know, pulmonary physiology and pregnancy and intubation and all of that stuff. And I encourage you to go listen to them. Um, The real key take-home message from those podcasts are that you need to remember that pregnant women are in a state of a compensated respiratory alkalosis. This means that whoever's caring for that patient with respiratory compromise with COVID needs to understand the normal blood gas ranges for pregnancy. Your lab slip is not going to reflect that. Uh, what's normal for a non-pregnant patient is not normal for a pregnant woman. So it also means that the teams caring for these patients, especially when she's ventilated, need to know how to manage that ventilator to achieve those ABG targets. Additionally, let's say she's not yet intubated. Um, While pregnant, we want to see her O2 sats above 95%. If she falls lower than that, then she's on a much deeper part of the oxyhemoglobin dissociation curve and that means she's more likely to develop fetal hypoxemia and then you're gonna be in a scenario you really don't wanna be in. And lastly, COVID-19 itself is not an indication for delivery. It's also not an indication for antipartum monitoring or testing once she's recovered from covid It's really the maternal um, condition, the maternal complications, or the state of the fetus that is going to dictate the care when it comes to delivery or um, outpatient follow-up. So hopefully, this has given you just some High level talking points when people ask you, "What do I need to know about COVID and pregnancy?" Just some, you know, some key things. Even if you just take home one or two that you can think of when you're asked, you'll have some little nuggets that you can share with folks, um, so they have a better understanding of what we know currently about COVID and pregnancy. And you can listen to our other podcasts. We talk about respiratory failure. We talk about indications for intubation. We talk about DIC management. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we cover that. You know, whether the COVID is the inciting event or whether it's sepsis or septic shock, we've got podcasts on all of those things uh, to help you understand some of the more nitty gritty about caring for pregnant women with these complications. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can learn more about our company at www.clinicalconceptsnob.com. You can also follow us on our Facebook page, Clinical Concepts in Obstetrics on Twitter at OB Critical Care, and on Instagram at Critical Care OB. Email us or send a direct message for suggestions on future podcasts. For a list of references on today's topic, go to the Read app, qxmd.com apps, or our website. This podcast and music was produced by Austin Baer. Are you looking to create a podcast? Please reach out to nashvillepodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that is nashvillepodcast at gmail.com.